Hello world and welcome to Podcast in A Minor, where I bring you the weird little songs I write and then give you the stories behind them. Weird stories, creepy stories, funny stories, whatever the world gives us in all its glorious mystery. And now for today's opening song. Until it sensed its prey and torpedoed away, it watches and slides, shoveling tourists and hikers and railroad blasters into its gullet as it rides. Welcome to Podcast in A Minor. I'm Amy Zollers, a poet and an artist, and I'm in one of my moods. You just heard Slide Rock Bolter Slide on the Gibson SG set up for slide guitar. Not the Gretsch person I told. It was on a Gretsch guitar, which I don't have anymore. It was a long time ago, but they both start with G and, you know, it's like I don't know guitars. They're just, there are guitars around and it's a weird, weird world. And welcome to our third cryptid campfire in the summer of 23. Cryptids, if I haven't bothered to say so before, in my campfire exuberance and musical trance, are hidden creatures often thought of as mythical because science has considered evidence insufficient to recognize them as fact. Some are considered outright fake lore or tall tales. Not the least those told by Lumberjacks, whose tales make up the premise of William Cox's 1910 story collection of Lumberjack lore, titled Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods. Okay, Slide Rock Bolter, this is a trippy one. The Slide Rock Bolter of Colorado, that is to say, a land whale who hangs motionless from mountain peaks before sliding down the side, scooping up bystanders as he goes and gulping them down. What on earth? But before we get into it, I give you the lyrics of Slide Rock Bolter Slide. When a chunk of the mountain broke off and slid down the side, they all cried, Land whale! Fierce and ravenous. But suppose it was a landlocked cetacean, poised, hanging high by its dolphin hooked tail, until it sensed its prey, then torpedoed away. It launches and slides, shoveling tourists and hikers and railroad blasters into its gullet as it rides. Would you limit God from such artistry as this? I don't know if that reading was strictly necessary, as the words were sort of chanted rather than sung in the opening song. But why not be thorough, right? And now, curious ones, the Slide Rock Bolter. From the article, The Slide Rock Bolter, true story behind the monster of Colorado at morbidcuriosity.com, sets the mood. Autumn has passed, but the tales of the Slide Rock Bolter should keep you up at night. For today's tale of cetacean legend, we look to the vibrant woodlands of North America. You probably don't think of sea mammals, 
when you think of landlocked Colorado. The slide rock bolter, a dreadful mountain whale, was one of many fearsome animals American lumberjacks claimed to have encountered in the early 20th century. And quickly to define a cetacean from Wikipedia, cetaceans from Latin cetus, cetus, I don't know, for whale, from ancient Greek, ketos, huge fish, sea monster, are an infra-order of aquatic mammals that includes whales, dolphins, and porpoises. Key characteristics are their fully aquatic lifestyle, streamlined body shape, often large size and exclusively carnivorous diet. They propel themselves through the water with powerful up and down movement of their tail, which ends in a paddle-like fluke, using their flipper-shaped forelimbs to maneuver. REI, the Recreational Equipment Incorporated, brings up Colorado's silver boom in the Slide Rock Bolter episode of their Camp Monsters podcast. And here's the description. The mountains of Colorado have always been a quiet and rugged place, but in the 1880s, it drew a crowd with a promise of silver. Mining is dangerous work, but these men ran into more than the usual hazards. They stumbled upon something with fire-red eyes and a deep, dangerous rumble. The podcast episode goes on to describe the unsettling dangers the miners and railroad blasters confronted, the most prominent of these being Rocks that, after thousands of years in the same place, would randomly let go. And if anyone happened to be in the wrong place at that moment, they might be thrown over the side of a cliff or buried alive in rock. Explosives brought plenty more danger to the work being done in the mountains, and medical care was rudimentary at best in that location. Injured workers were given water and left to rest on a rock until the day's work was done. Maybe they survived, and maybe they didn't. A grim scene. And now again, from William Cox's 1910 compendium, Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods, we've been there before with our friend, the Squonk. But here's the slide rock bolter. Macrostoma saxiperumptus. In the mountains of Colorado, where in summer the woods are becoming infested with tourists, much uneasiness has been caused by the presence of the slide rock bolter. This frightful animal lives only in the steepest mountain country, where the slopes are greater than 45 degrees. It has an immense head, with small eyes, and a mouth somewhat on the order of a sculpin running back beyond its ears. The tail consists of a divided flipper, with enormous grab hooks, which it fastens over the crest of the mountain or ridge, often remaining there motionless for days at a time, watching the gulch for tourists or any other hapless creature that it may enter it. At the right moment, after sighting a tourist, it will lift its tail, thus loosening its hold on the mountain, and with its small eyes riveted on the poor unfortunate and drooling thin skid grease from the corners of its mouth, which greatly accelerates its speed, the bolter comes down like a toboggan, scooping in its victims as it goes, its own impetus carrying it up the next slope, where it again slaps its tail over the ridge and waits. Whole parties of tourists are reported to have been gulped at one swoop by the slide rock bolter, and guides are becoming cautious about taking parties far back into the hills. The animal is a menace, not only to tourists, but to the woods as well. Many a draw through spruce-covered slopes has been laid low, the trees being knocked out by the roots or mowed off as by a scythe, where the bolter has crashed down 
from the peaks above. A forest ranger, whose district includes the rough country between Ophir Peaks and Lizard Head, conceived the bold idea of decoying a slide rock bolter to its own destruction. A dummy tourist was rigged up with plaid Norfolk jacket, knee breeches, and a guidebook to Colorado. It was then filled full of giant powder and fulminate caps and posted in a conspicuous place where, sure enough, the next day it attracted the attention of a bolter, which had been hanging for days on the slope of Lizard Head. The resulting explosion flattened half the buildings in Rico, which were never rebuilt, and the surrounding hills fattened flocks of buzzards the rest of the summer. Whoa. Okay, and from Fearsome Forest Creatures, The Slide Rock Bolter by Lauren Schultz. Nestled in the Colorado Mountains, just a stone's throw southwest from Telluride, is Lizard Head Mountain, home to the only native cetacean of Colorado, the Slide Rock Bolter. The landlocked leviathan bolts down the mountainside and takes what is harming its home without a second thought. This deadly mountain whale has been devouring tourists, lumberjacks, and miners alike while sweeping through trees and all other natural life in its path for over a hundred years that we know of. Waiting dormant atop Lizard Head, the whale watches the land near the San Juan Mountains with his careful beady eyes for anything to wander through the forested area. He hangs from the peak with his split-clawed tail facing his body downward. If the monster notices something encroaching on his territory, he easily lifts his malign fluke and bolts down the mountainside, sparing no passers-by. It is simply foolish to meander even remotely near the Lizard Head area, according to the tale. In no way is it in one's best interest to meet the gargantuan creature with its jaw full of razor-sharp teeth and staunch dedication to keeping humans clear of the area. The origin of the legend is rumored to come from lumberjacks in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Gathering at the end of their work days, they'd share horror stories late into the night, with one person trying to outscare the next. Each of their tales held a grain of truth to what was happening in their daily lives. From the mining in the mountainous area, the environment deteriorated and many men lost their lives through their work. In conjunction with the terrors of mining, lumberjacks played their own part in the destruction of the region by deforesting the expansive forests. Yes, here I sit at my ease, in repose, if you will, just reading other people's beautiful descriptions of the slide rock bolter and its antics. Down by the campfire, it's summertime. We're in tall tale territory here, lumberjacks trying to outspook one another. Thankfully, Colorado.com gives us a full list under the title, Learn About Colorado's Mythical Creatures and Where to Spot Them, to provide more unsettling creatures to haunt our campfire scene. The list includes Tommyknockers, Trolls, Vampires, Sasquatch, and Yetis. Oh my gosh, let's talk about Colorado Vampires. And while we're at it, why not revisit episodes 3 and 4 of Podcast in A Minor, titled Hello Chuckling Vampire. Fun! Colorado Vampires, where to find them? Head to Lafayette to see a historic grave marker that local lore says belongs to Fodor Glava, a Colorado miner who was also a real-life vampire. Then seek your fangs into a juicy steak at William Oliver's before getting a bat's eye view of the Rocky Mountains on a hot air balloon ride with fair winds in nearby Boulder. And that is directly according to Colorado.com. Boom. Sounds official. Atlas Obscura tells it beautifully. The story introduces Fodor Glava, 
as a Transylvanian immigrant looking for a better life in America, tall and lanky, and after his death, an object of local suspicion. He was a coal miner and poor and died in the 1918 influenza epidemic. His gravestone was carved with his birthplace, the year of his death, and the Romanian word trandofil, meaning rose. And from the article, Transylvania, where Glava originally came from, is now synonymous with Vlad the Impaler, Count Dracula, and vampires galore. Though not much is known about Glava's life, the mention of Transylvania on his gravestone spurred rumors that he was a vampire. It is thought that a tall, pale, lanky man from that region would be an easy target for untrusting settlers, stoking rumors, or attempting to explain away natural happenings with superstition. Local lore says that some townspeople dug up the grave and found blood by Glava's mouth, his teeth seeming larger than normal, and his nails still growing. Even if true, these are all natural parts of the decay that sets in after death. The settlers drove a stake through his heart and reburied him. Now a tree, unlike any other around it, grows straight through the grave plot. Some say the tree grew from the wooden stake, and the red rose bushes nearby grew from his fingernails. Rumors even persist to this day that residents from the local area see a mysterious figure walking around late at night. So who is to say if he was a vampire or nothing more than an innocent man caught up in wild superstition? If you do go looking for yourself, bring Fodor a small gift, a coin, a trinket, or maybe even a bouquet of dead roses. Just leave the garlic at home. Well, there you go. From a mountain-sliding land whale to a vampire miner in one campfire. Dig it. But let's not wander off before we dig into Tommyknockers a little. What a freaking wonderful word, Tommyknockers. Says Colorado.com, These wee tricksters, much like leprechauns, reside in Colorado's gold and silver mines. Cornish miners believed many an eerie underground noise was attributed to Tommyknockers, who also warned miners of impending disasters by knocking from inside the walls. Where to find them? Explore with Capital Prize Gold Mine Tours in Georgetown to live the legend by venturing 1,000 feet underground into a working mine that's been operating for more than a century. Or stop at the Tommyknocker Brewery in Idaho Springs for a different type of gold, IPAs, lagers, and even craft soda made in flavors like almond and orange cream. Right on. I don't think I'm going to go a thousand feet underground. That's just me. And real quick, a mention of Stephen King's 1987 novel, The Tommyknockers. Excerpted from the flap at stephenking.com. First, the nursery rhyme. Late last night and the night before, Tommy knockers, Tommy knockers knocking at my door. I want to go out, don't know if I can, because I'm so afraid of the Tommy knocker man. There's the new hot water heater in Bobby's basement. A hot water heater that apparently runs on flashlight batteries. The vengeful housewife who learns of her husband's affair from a picture of Jesus on top of her TV. A picture that begins to talk. Not to mention the ten-year-old magician who makes his little brother disappear. For real. The townspeople of Haven are, quote, becoming, being welded into one organic, homicidal, and fearsomely brilliant entity in fatal thrall to the Tommyknockers. In this riveting, nightmarish story, Stephen King has given us his tautest, most terrifying novel to date. And the next time someone raps at your door, you may want to keep the chain on. It just might be the Tommyknocker man. Oh, that's 
creepy stuff. What will next week bring, I wonder? Try not to peek into the darkness beyond the firelight. And stay clear of the Slide Rock Mountain. See you next time. And I must, and I must, and I must.